Hi, I'm Michelle. I'm Kimberly, and we're the founding team behind AfroVest. Welcome to the Africa's Game Changers podcast, where we dive deep into the enterprising minds that are reshaping the future of Africa. Welcome to part two of our conversation. The culture needs to change so that they can actually um, help the young people grow, help mm-hmm. foster that spirit of hard work, help foster them that you're never too young to actually work towards your goals, your dreams, mm-hmm. and so forth. So are there like any specific resources um, you'd recommend? I know you mentioned books, but are there like any other ones for like people want to gain exposure like the fashion industry personally i've i've used books and i've used just getting in touch with local designers and asking a lot of questions um there's always events and i think social media is a really great thing there's always events um in your industry and you use social media to find out where people in your industry are going what are the conferences they're going to what are their workshops they're going to? What are the um, events they're attending? For example, I think it was two weeks ago, two weeks ago, I was at Zim Fashion Week. Now, um, I wasn't showcasing, but I was there. And um, the industry is well aware that I'm on my way. The Zimbabwean industry is well aware that I'm on my way. But that's not by accident. I attend these events, I meet these people, I share my story, I, le- I learn from, from theirs, and I gain exposure on what the industry is like, who's in the industry. So I know that um, I'm into fashion. If I want to get a fashion photographer, I will message Oinks by Tervashe, who was one of the photographers at Zim Fashion Week and has good quality images, right? But I can't do that if I haven't been there, or I know that um, if I need to get a tailor to make some of my designs, then I can contact this designer. Why? Because she is already, we have an established relationship. I think people take for granted the power of, of human resource and, um, and PR skills, right? Um, there's places that talking can get you into that research and reading couldn't and so we need to develop a culture where we want to place ourselves in positions to succeed not to just expect that once i've got my degree my success is coming it doesn't work like that it doesn't work like that anymore um you need to be objective and strategic in how you're going to become successful and who you're going to need to become successful and so you will need people and it's it's little things like that um that, that people need to start need to start um, considering. You can't say you, you aspire to be a fashion designer, but when Zim Fashion Week was there, you couldn't get a ticket or you didn't go. Then what's, what's the indication? What's your indication that you want to, you want to be a fashion designer? What, what are you doing to work towards it? Um, and like I said, the Zimbabwean fashion industry knows I'm coming. They're psychologically prepared. Because I've made my my position and my stance known in the industry that no, I'm a young designer and y'all need to watch out. And sometimes it's a level of assertiveness and a level of aggression that I feel like people lack. Um, They're expecting that they're going to make a difference and that they're going to be disruptive. Um, 
behind closed doors. But disruption is disruption. And it has it gets everyone's attention. And so um, we have this culture in Africa, this culture of modesty. And it's being modest is not um, a bad thing. But if you're trying to push a career and to advance your business and to become successful, being timid and being mod- modest is not going to help you. We, we had um, the introduction, right? And in the introduction, I say, oh, I'm just like a young aspiring designer. And that's all I say. Everyone who listens to this podcast is going to perceive me the way I portray myself. But because I'm understanding that this is an opportunity for my brand to be further, this is an opportunity for me to grow. This is an opportunity for exposure and for access to many things. You lay yourself, you lay yourself out on the platform at your possible best. And I mean, some people will say, oh, that's arrogant, but it's not. When you're trying to push your brand or your business, there's a level of aggression, a level of assertiveness, a level of bragging that's necessary for people to understand that you're worth taking seriously. And that's another culture thing that we need to learn. Um, You write personal statements when you're applying to university. And if you're cute and modest about your personal statement, they won't believe that they're acquiring an asset and you won't get the place. So it's it's, it's little things like that 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 also um, amount to, to exposure. Going and experiencing what your industry is doing and getting to learn from it. You go to Zim Fashion Week and then you learn, okay, um, Zim Fashion Week is like this, this, this. Um, the VIP list is full of these kinds of people. Um, who are the editors for the magazines who are present? Learning who fashion editors in the country are. That's got nothing to do with the design process, but it has everything to do with you furthering your brand. You meet, you see the editor of Harari magazine. You introduce yourself and you make conversation. And who knows, you might be a feature in the magazine and therefore get more exposure through opportunities that then come to you as a result of that um, public recognition. And I think as Africans, we're quite privileged in that in our local communities, we're very tight knit, um, whereas in somebody knows someone. Like, everybody knows somebody you know. It's pretty, it's quite common. And Africans are generally friendly, so it's not hard to actually network because there's always an opportunity and, yeah, there's always an opportunity there to network with somebody. You probably have, like, a connection there as well. That is true. That is very true. Um, generally, um, Africans aren't hostile. However you also can't expect people to make the first move. That's another thing. And so people will be receptive once you initiate. However, if you don't have the courage to initiate, you won't know that they'll be receptive. And so um, there genuinely needs to be an emphasis on the teaching of confidence and things like etiquette and all these business little tricks that help you to present yourself in a way that allows people to take you seriously and for you to grow as a business and as a creative. People actually need to know how to network with others. So it's a skill that's very underrated, especially um, 
Considering with people with different personalities, they're extroverts, introverts, ambiverts. So, for example, introverts might find it hard to go up and start initiating your conversations, whereas extroverts might feel at home actually doing it. But then it's always about that first step towards reaching your goal. That's extremely, extremely true. And it's very unfortunate um, but it doesn't it doesn't pay to be introverted in business and so it's okay to have your personality but you also have to have that understanding of in order for me to achieve what i have to achieve the personality needs to be set aside everybody has the capacity to be a conflict you can remain an introvert um but be assertive the thing is like people usually think like introverts aren't assertive or a shy and quiet that's not usually the case they might be quiet but then they're not shy so it's like there are people who are shy and become introverts and then they're just shy people whereas then they're introverts who are confident so it's always like people have to like strike a balance with who they are and they have to like have the strong points like if you're an extrovert you know your strong points you're probably a good communicator make people feel comfortable. Whereas an introvert, you're probably a great listener or you're really good at thinking. It's like taking all your strong points and making them work for you as a person. So how can like the international community, including like African diasporas, get involved in like supporting the fashion industry or the ecosystem, the fashion and art ecosystem? This is a very interesting question actually regarding the international community getting involved um i think they're involved to the best of their capacity i think in terms of the international community it's the africans that aren't immobilizing the opportunity like we spoke about selling online um the international community wants to purchase things from africa they desire to purchase them however because of a lack of um, advertising or their brand not having exposure on the international market, they don't have the ability to support even though they have the desire to, for one, I think. Um, I think African diaspora needs to, need, they need to work on establishing programs in Africa where they learn what they've learned from their industry in New York or in Paris or in Lisbon or wherever, um, they get what they learned and they teach what they learned in those industries to Africans who are based in Africa in a way where they can adopt those lessons to further brands. I think um, there's a scarcity of, of practical education. Do you know what I mean? We have an excess of theory in Zimbabwe. Um, but a deficit of practical education in industry. Um, in the olden days, you would get you would do an apprenticeship before you went and furthered your studies, so that you have practical skills, which also open your mind and how you and how you study at a higher level. Um, and I think if 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 there were apprenticeship pro- programs for gap year students. Um, and scholarship programs to allow African students to study, 
that would be extremely helpful. Um, like we said, there isn't much education facility. There aren't a lot of education facilities um, for the study of fashion and design and fashion business in Africa. And so, I mean, irrespective of South Africa, um, but in terms of the exposure that even South Africa brings on an international scale, it's not so big. So talented fashion students should have the access to financial assistance in order for them to study fashion abroad. That I think is an amazing resource that would really enrich the possibilities of African business, especially in fashion. That's one practical thing. And then the second thing would be, like I mentioned earlier, education in terms of like workshops and seminars and conferences that teach young students about the industry they want to go into or practical skills that they can adopt in a short period of time to help them grow and mature their craft. So let's talk about you. So when you decided to actually start your, um, to start Fanhole Designs, what did your parents think? Because even if, let's, let's just say, I wanted to be a fashion designer, um, my parents might have been more stubborn towards it and be like, no, that's not really a real career. It's, you can't do that. You won't get, you won't be financially stable if you do that. What did your parents think about you going down this path? Okay, so I sat my parents down and I told them that I knew what I wanted to be when I was 10. I said I want to be a fashion designer. When you're 10, it's cute. I would say this, when you're 10, it's cute. Um, when you're 18, it's not. <laughs> uh, my mom has always been supportive. Um, and she says she always knew that that was the direction I was going in from a very young age. So she was she was prepared. Um my mom's condition was just work hard and do your best in it, and I'll support you 100%. My dad needed convincing. His, his, his idea was get another degree and pursue this at, as a second degree in the future, not right now, um, so that you have something to fall back on. Now, um, I'm very stubborn, and it was a test of who was going to be the most stubborn. But I really had to prove. I had to prove to my dad. And um, when I got a Cambridge Award in AS um, for a high achievement in dress and textiles, um, which is basically like being top 10 in the world for my Cambridge exams, um, that was a big, big push. Um, but before then, when I told him my subject combination, I said I wanted to do fashion business and um, accounting. My school, Chizzy, called him in to explain to him that even though my combination is unorthodox, they should support. He should support me because I'm talented in the area and I'm passionate about it. And so um, my dad was called in to, um, I think it was the deputy head or the head's office, and they explained this to him. Uh, I'm only fi- I only found this out later on, though. Um, I always wondered why, even though he he didn't he wasn't too um, for it, why he didn't dispute my subject choices at 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 lower six. And so um, my dad needed a little bit of convincing. My mom was always a hundred percent supportive, 
in in everything um my family really believed in my ability to excel in it they could see my passion but also in my in my diligent pursuit i would make things and wear and then i'll say oh no you like my top I, i made it and then they'll be like oh wow you're actually doing something tangible um to show that this is the direction you're going in um i also had family in 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 the diaspora that knew of how much of a successful career path fashion could be and that paid off a lot um and they were also very very supportive and that was an, a major influence and so generally my family was um was supportive even with my dad um after my a levels he was very much for it and he understood um and like i said fashion for me is plan a to z there's no there's no backup i used to i used to have a lot of people ask me that so what's your backup plan and i'm like no there's no backup plan this is what's happening this is what i'm doing this is what i'm pursuing and i am confident that with hard work diligence passion commitment talent and the pure grace of god i will succeed in this i believe it's my it's my divine purpose what advice would you give to other young people looking to do something um different to the african norm like people who want to go into music instead of being a doctor or something all right as a first things first one of one of my favorite um mentors his name is Gary V he's an entrepreneur he always says that not doing what you're passionate about and what you love it hurts everyone in the long run right um because you deciding that you don't want to be a doctor in year 6 of med school is going to hurt your parents more than deciding you want to be an, a musician after school well if that makes sense and so um effects of not following your dream and your passion and, and living your purpose are so so devastating um not just for yourself and your mental health but even for your parents in the long run when they see how the, it will affect you my advice however um is people have this perception that once you do what you love it's not work no once you do what you love it's more work and so many people will be like i want to be a musician because i'm passionate about it okay um but re- recording is a lot of work vocal coaching is a lot of work marketing and distribution doing shows all that stuff is a lot of hard work that is extend makes you tired it gives you fatigue and many people want to leave um whatever op- other option because they think this will be easy no it won't um it's most likely going to be hard and you need to understand that and then you need to be in a position where understanding and realizing the difficulty and the challenge you still want to pursue it because it's who you're meant to become and what you want to do and you have to give 2000% to it otherwise they'll have been right they would have been right in saying pursue a more stable career they would have been right in saying um this is not the right career for you simply because 
you didn't give enough to make it work. Having your dream and your passion actualized and realized is a lifelong pursuit that is the most challenging thing you will face. And you have to have an understanding of that from the beginning. And so my advice is run, push, and work harder than anyone you know in the thing that you love. Convince them. Be stubborn. In the test of two people being difficult, one person must wield, right? They always say, if you meet, if you meet an, if you have an unstoppable force in an immovable object, one will subside, right? So you must decide which one will you be and make sure that you're not the one that subsides. If you will be an immovable object, be immovable. But don't say I want to be a musician and not be making the diligent effort and pursuit to do that. And go and study what you want to achieve. There's no, there's no shortcuts to success. Study, learn, grow, develop your talent. It's very important. For like people who aren't sure about what they want to do in life or if then they don't really feel like that they have a purpose, what kind of like advice would you give to those people? First things first, um, I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. And I genuinely believe that purpose is something that you discover, which means you were born with it because you were created for it. So that's my first understanding. I believe um, in order to find the, purpose, find the purpose of something, you ask the maker, right? If you want to know, some, whoever made the cup called it a cup and told you what it was used for. Um, that applies to your life. Um, you didn't bring yourself into existence. And so your purpose was orchestrated before your existence and you need to discover it. And what I believe is God places inside of you everything you need that you can use by yourself and then everything around you that you can use in order for your purpose to be achieved. For example, I want to be um, a fashion designer. God gives me the ability to sew. And then God also gives me a school that allows me to do that. Um, He gives me parents who can afford to send me to the school in order for it to happen. Little things like that. Um, What's the one thing that you would do every single day, even if you're not paid for it? What's that thing that you would enjoy doing every single day, all the hours of your life? It's work, it's hard, but you would enjoy every single day, all the hours of your life to do this thing Um, because you love it so much, that's what you should pursue. And then the second thing is you don't have to be one thing. It's different. You're not in grade seven class where they ask you, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you say, pilot. Not anymore. You can be more than one thing. That's such an important thing to know and understand. Um, Like I said, my interests are theology, sociology, and art. Um, it's actually in that order. Even though I'm going to be a fashion designer and art is the third thing, I care about God and I care about um, him in my life and him in other people's life. And I care about people, which is where Hope Stands comes in and other things I'm into as well. And that's why my blog is so much about 
about life. Um, I speak about things like race, um, things like different seasons in your life, things like overcoming challenges and finding purpose. These are the types of things I blog about because I care about those things. And then my art is in every essence a big part of who I am. You don't have to constrain yourself and your purpose into one aspect. However, you still need to decide on what the aspects you want to pursue are. I think everybody needs to get to the place where they're intentional in the pursuit of who you are. Try to dig deep and search within yourself to pull out what it is that you love to do. Because yeah. <laughs> I just got like this revelation that, oh my gosh, you can actually be, you can actually do more than one thing in your life. If you don't have to, you don't have to stick to that one thing your whole life. Because even in university, if you do a degree, there's, there's a high possibility that you're not even going to be in the field with your degree. Like I've talked to many entrepreneurs and so many of them were like, my degree ended up being actually useless because I'm not even in that field. I'm doing the opposite of my degree, you know? <laughs> so it's pretty, pretty like amazing that your path can always change. And as long as you know who you are, what you're meant to do and where you want to go. And that's that's such a big thing. Um, and you see, sometimes, again, you think who you are is who people tell you you are, right? Um, there's a saying um, that I find coming up a lot often. It says, never become too good at something you don't enjoy doing because people will make you do it for the rest of your life. Like I said, I'm into I'm into I'm into health and first aid. I joined first aid at Chizzy in form in form one, and we have one of the best first aid groups in. We have one of the best first aid groups in the country. And I went on tour to Hong Kong, um, for a first aid competition, and I got awarded first place in my individual, um, in my individual competition, um, and I was doing home based care, and I was dressing. A, a stroke patient and so I'm really good at that but it's not what I want to do for the rest of my life and so I could have gone to school and studied medicine and been very good at it but it's not what I want to do with my life do you see what I mean and many people go to school and study things based off their academic results not their passion and interests and that's how they end up doing the complete opposite of what they degree. Now tell me, what was that four, three, four year period that you were studying that useful for? Now, I'm not saying that any degree is useless. I don't believe that. And I believe certain things, even if you do do them and they're not directly linked to what you want to do, um, they give you skills with that, which allow you to do those things. However, maybe if the person who had studied engineering and decided to be a sound engineer had gone to school for sound engineering there'd be many many steps ahead in their path so true i usually say um and i had to learn this because again i took a gap year and so many of my friends are in second year now the ones in south africa um are finishing second year soon the ones in other parts of the world are starting say uh, have recently just started second year and um, 
obviously some people will be like, hey, you're lagging behind, right? But it's better to be 10% on the right path than to be 90% on the wrong one. Like your life, you need to view your life as something important enough for you to be authentic to yourself. Um, I always say this, the rest of the world needs you to be the best you you can be. Why? The best Steve Jobs could be produced an iPhone. The best Bill Gates could be produced Microsoft. The best Mark Zuckerberg could be produced Facebook. The best Tory Burch could be produced Tory Burch, right? So what the best you could be can produce a multi-million dollar business or maybe you won't make lots of money. Maybe you'll be Mother Teresa, but it affects everyone how well you you live the life you're created to live. How well you are yourself affects everyone around you. But you need to value yourself enough to understand that me being the best me is going to affect the whole world. There's a saying that's been, that I've been like hearing a lot is that your life is not your own. As in, whatever you do is going to affect somebody whether good or bad so being the best you or being doing like the best that you can do is essentially going to affect somebody most entrepreneurs the best entrepreneurs they actually um, do things for other people not just themselves so for my last my last and final question so a game changer is an event, idea, or procedure that affects a significant shift in the current way of doing or thinking about something. What is one game-changing idea you believe that very few people... Okay, so um, I think people don't see how you can change the world with fashion. People don't, they really don't perceive it. Um, and that's one of my game changer ideas is I'm going to go into the fashion industry to make the world a better place. Everybody expects me to start an NGO to do that, but it's not necessarily the case. And so for me, that's one of the things. And um, I can't say much about it because y'all, you're all going to see it, you know, and I can't give you a heads up. Otherwise, you'll expect it. Then it might not be changing the game, but um. The world can become better through through art. And it doesn't make whatever impact I have on, on the world any less than a doctor's, um, despite what many may believe. Now, no disrespect, doctors save lives, right? But I believe that in the same way a life can be saved by, in a surgery room, a life can be saved through art. And so that's my game changer element. And I won't say more than that. Thank you so much for your wise words. It was so like eye-opening to be honest, especially like the fashion industry. And I really loved one of your designs. Like um, I think you made it for Black Panther. I really liked it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I really liked that. That was fun. <laughs> I think a lot of people got something designed just for Black Panther. I know I actually got a top 
designed. I just like I need something different from that. So yeah, thank you so much. And thank you so much for having us. We hope to have you soon as well. True, and I'm looking forward to 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 the rest of the of the series that you guys are doing. Thanks for listening. Connect with us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at AfriFest. And let's continue the conversation. Remember, you can find us on all your favorite podcast platforms.